everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Well, welcome back to the Make Life Matter podcast. I am so honored today to have as my special guest, Sterling Harris. He is a former NFL player, and I know all the men listening just sat up a little bit taller, and he's a federal prisoner whose life was radically changed by starting and developing an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Sterling is a person who tried all life had to offer, and he found no true peace or fulfillment until he was set on fire for Jesus. Sterling is a devoted husband and father, as well as a kingdom-minded businessman, an author, and a sought-after speaker. In Sterling's new best-selling book that we're going to talk about in just a moment, How to Hear God, 10 Ways God Speaks, you will learn to experience God's voice with greater clarity and encounter God's activity in your everyday life. Welcome, Sterling. I'm so honored to have you here on the podcast today. Man, it's a blessing, Angela. It's a blessing to be on this uh, in this podcast. And I love how you or your whole podcast is about how God turns messes into messages. Absolutely. <laughs> are we, are, and aren't we grateful? We all said yes, amen to that. So let's just launch right into that. I know that you've had um, some some challenging seasons in your life. You were in the in the in the NFL, and then I read that you were injured. I'm sure that must have been a difficult um, thing to go through, and then some changes and transitions, and and then just this radical encounter that you've had with Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to invite you share your story, Sterling. I am personally just really excited to hear about the trajectory of God's hand in your life. Well, you know, Angela, I've got plenty of messes <laughs> in my life that God's turned into messages. So I've got I've got a lot of those different things going on in my testimony and where God has has brought me brought me to, brought me through, brought me out of, and and then has me walking in in this season of my life. And so, so just a little bit about me: small town kid, grew up in kind of a rural town in, in Texas about 35, 45 minutes east of Dallas called Terrell, Texas, home of Jamie Foxx and Sterling Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I, I played football there. Uh, short, short testimony about that. A lot of people counted me out. Hmm. God counted me in. There was often this voice in the back of my mind telling me things opposite of the self-doubt that I was that I was feeling in the in the feedback that I was getting from other people that you're too fat, you're too slow, you're too this, you're too that. And even even coaches and players counted me out because I was I wear like a size 17, 18 shoe, Angela. So mm-hmm. I was very awkward, uncoordinated as I was growing up. Just just now I'm about six foot seven. When I played, I was six foot seven, about about 320 to 340 pounds, mm-hmm. depending on on the years that I played. So, so it, it was a situation where my body was actually a lot, a lot of awkward times in that growing up period. But there was a voice at the back of my mind that I didn't know was the Holy Spirit at the time. But now I look back on it, I know it was the Holy Spirit. You know, it was God quickening things to me. And so many people, they don't realize that God is speaking to them because no matter where you are in the world, what you believe, what your background is, what your, what your social economic situation is, God is speaking. That's good. 
The only question is, do you have ears to hear him? And do you have context and definition so you can recognize his activity and his voice when he speaks to you? See, I grew up in a environment where I didn't have definition and I didn't have context to say, oh, well, that's God speaking to me. I just thought, well, hey, that Rocky movie I watched was super motivational and that's what I'm, that's what I'm feeling right now. But I, there was a voice in the back of my mind and people say something told me to do something. And I got on to one of my, one of my family members, I'm not going to name who, uh, but she, <laughs> she was posting some stuff on Facebook and she was very, very motivational type stuff. And she was talking to me and she said, yeah, something told me to do that. And I said, girl, you know, it was the Holy Ghost. So just, just, just say it's the Holy Spirit. Just say God spoke to me. I want you to say out loud right now, God spoke to me. If you're, when you're listening to this, you say, Hey, God, I just want you to say this, Angela, say it with me. God speaks to me. God speaks to me. And I can hear his voice. And I can hear his voice. I was built to hear his voice. I was built to hear his voice. And I will always hear his voice. And I will always hear his voice. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I have to ask you then, why do you think people are hesitant to say that? Do you think they're afraid that it's not the voice of God? Or do they not trust their own ears? Maybe I'm cutting all the way to the book now. But I'm curious to know why you think people are so hesitant to put the Lord on what they believe they've heard. I think it's a, it's a combination of a couple different things. One, most people don't have context and verbiage and, and, and real world practical examples of this is what God's voice sounds like. There's so many people think it's going to be a voice outside of you or this big booming voice. Mm. Although that thing, those, those things can happen. That's not how Jesus modeled on how to hear God's voice. Jesus modeled internal communication with the father because Jesus said I can only say what I hear the father saying I can only do what I see the father doing and we know Jesus was moved along and perceived things in his spirit kinetically by the Holy Spirit and the thing about it is is when he said I heard there's only three times in the New Testament that Jesus it's recorded that God spoke audibly two times the people around Jesus and once to Jesus. But we know by what Jesus said that he was always hearing God. So what was it? It was internal communication. And Jesus is our model on how we should communicate with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is majority of it is internally, whether it's a inward vision. Like people say, I had a vision. What does that mean? It means God is using your imagination, which he created by the way, Mm -hmm. and he's using your imagination. He's showing you mental pictures of things, or maybe it's a video that plays in your mind. Maybe it's an image. Maybe it's a combination of those two things. And then maybe you get a flowing thought, which would be, which would be an inner audible experience. And you get a flowing thought, something rises to the back of your mind and you get a flowing thought about what you're internally visually seeing, or maybe that, you know, that, you know, something in your heart, but you think it's God, but you're not really sure. But if you begin to celebrate it as God and begin to press in for more then and you start realizing that God, these things, that the ways that God speaks, people are like, man, that's God, bro. I thought it was going to come as this other thing. I, I thought it was going to come as this big booming voice. I thought I was going to just just have some kind of, I guess, Old Testament Bible experience that I read about. And that's just not the New Testament model for the New Testament believer. And that's really not how... Even in even in the Old Testament, 
most of these guys had dreams. Most of them had visions and most of them had like God, when they say God spoke to me, they don't necessarily say God spoke out loud. So I believe that even a lot of them had this internal download of, of information and God downloaded to their heart what he was trying to say. And then they were moved along by the Holy Spirit and, and proclaimed it as God's word. And I think that so many people, they don't have the context and the language and they haven't really been taught because we've majored on religion and not on relationship. That's good. See, relationship and intimacy gives you authority to walk out what Jesus has called you to by his grace. But if you don't have intimacy, if you're not in a two-way dialogue with God, how can you really know him? Mm. If you're in a two-way, if I'm not in a two-way dialogue with my wife, there's some situations and some real big problems, you feel? Well, said, amen. <laughs> amen, right? So it's a situation where if you're not in a, you're, I've met so many Christians and I would say about 80 to 85% of the people that I meet when I ask them, well, do you have a relationship with God and do you know him? They'll be like, they'll tell me generally their church attendance record for better or for worse. And and so that's the problem. People think Christianity is church attendance and it's not. That's Christianity good. is a life lived. God didn't come to make you a good person and get you to church. God came to physically and spiritually inhabit you with his spirit. That's why you need the blood of Jesus because God actually comes and make his, makes his home inside you. And then you have to choose to press in into the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you through what we talked about, the flow of thoughts, the, the, the kinetic unctions. You know, if people would just literally let that gut feeling guide them, mm. I would say 95% of the gut feelings that I get now I've honed into it. I mean, sometimes it's me, but 95% of the time God is trying to show me something or I have a lack of peace or a peace about something and I'll flow with it and I'll say, okay, God, what are you saying about the situation? Or if I get a check in my spirit, if I get a, if I get an uneasiness, I'm like, okay, God, what's going on? And mm. then I'll listen and maybe I'll get a flow of thoughts. Maybe I'll get a kinetic and inward knowing. Maybe I'll see an, an image or a video in my mind and God will upload some information to me that will give me context to what I'm indicating within kinetically. And so God will often give you confirmations and, and indicators of what he's saying. So he, he speaks in these three different combinations and we get that from the life of Jesus. And I think that people have majored in religion and not relationship. And a lot of people for whatever reason, aren't teaching what people like me and Sean Bowles and other people are teaching is let's major in the majors. People are majoring in the minors instead of majoring in the majors. People are like, Hey, what do you think about this theological deal? Or that look, bro, do you know how to forgive? Do you know how to walk in love? Do you know how to hear God's voice? These are major situations. Do you, do you live a life riddled with worry and anxiety? Do you know how to take a thought captive? Like that's the stuff we major in <laughs> because that's what, that's what, well, that's what actually is going to make the Jesus inside of you come out of you and come through you where people can experience the Jesus that's on you in you through you. That's so good because you just named a number of, of ways we don't hear from God, things that inhibit us from hearing from God clearly. You know, I'm a Bible teacher. I've written a couple of Bible studies for women and I'm working on another Bible study now. So as you dig into the word of God, like you're saying, he's going to speak to you. It's going to line up with the word of God. So you can always check it with the word of God and say, I think I'm hearing from God. 
Does it contradict the Bible in any way? Well, if it does, then you know you're not hearing from God. But you just mentioned some things. Okay, it doesn't contradict the Bible. Could this be God speaking to me? How do I know for sure? Well, it's just like if I'm trying to hear you in this interview right now, and I've got noise going on all around me. Number one, we would have a lousy audio quality. And number two, I would struggle to, to zone in on what it is you're trying to say to me. And it's the same way with hearing the voice of God. At least that's what I've experienced strongly in my life. And you just named unforgiveness, anxiety, unwillingness to love others. If we're, if we're entertaining that in our life on a consistent basis, and we're not dealing with it from the word of God through our personal relationship with Jesus, Jesus Christ, then he is going to have a difficult time. Like you said, he's always speaking it's just, we may not be hearing that for the static of the world and the internal static of these kind of toxins we let build up in our body, spiritual toxins, like you're describing hundred percent. So maybe speak to that for a minute. Is that what you've seen? And you're probably already delving into some of the book, but share a secret that you've given us in the book of how we can hear from God more clearly, because I know those that are listening, Sterling, they want to hear from God. We need to hear from God because we are, the world is screaming and it's loud and we have so much noise that we have to cut through. So tell us right now, if someone's saying, yes, Sterling, that's me. I want to know how to hear from God. Give us one of the secrets that you share in the book that we, you know, we could put in immediately into practice. Okay. So I'm going to give you two, cause they kind of fit together and God's always giving you double for your trouble, right? So I would say the the main thing the main two things that you see in this country and, and all over the world is anxiety and depression, and then also unforgiveness. Hmm. So what we teach in the book is how to do like an unforgiveness purge. So you just sit there with the Holy Spirit and you say, Holy Spirit, bring to my heart who I need to forgive. And oftentimes you'll see a picture of the person's face. You'll see a scene play out in your mind of a scene or a situation you need to forgive. Maybe for me, I had some unforgiveness towards my NFL career. And one time I was like, God, what do I need to forgive? And an NFL crest came right there in my, in my vision. I had this, this inner, inner picture of an NFL crest. And I knew I needed to forgive the NFL. And some people need to forgive their church. Some people need to forgive a place they've worked. Whatever the case may be, when God brings things to your heart, don't say, oh, I've dealt with that, God. Don't argue with God. And I say that. Like jokingly, but how many of us have argued with God when he brings something to our heart or to our mind and like, oh no, that must be me. And you just kind of flick it off. Well, really you can't over forgive. Hmm. So that's the main thing. I, I suggest people do that once a day, every day for the next two weeks. And you will be amazed at what God brings up into your heart and mind. And you'll be amazed because when you do this, you're hearing from the Lord. You're hearing from things that can clean out the filter of your heart so you can hear him with more clarity and you're hearing him in the process on what God sees inside of your heart that can clear your filter. And so that, that's really important. So when God brings a person's face, it doesn't matter if it's something that happened five, 10 years ago. If he's bringing a situation up where you've forgiven a, a thousand times, God's saying that there's another angle that you haven't released over to me. And so when you do that, say, God, I forgive that person and begin to pray for that person, that situation and say, God, I'm releasing this over to you and just do like a physical anchor. Like I've got, I'm releasing it and, and just kind of flick your hands and say, God, I'm releasing this over to you. And I forgive that person. I forgive that situation, God. And then say, God, come fill me up of what I release 
fill me up with the opposite. Fill me up with joy, forgiveness, grace, whatever the case may be. And I suggest people to do like an unforgiveness purge and add it into your, your spiritual diet on a, on a weekly basis. The other thing I would say is taking thoughts captive because the biggest battle you're going to fight is six inches to six inches. So uh, uh, how do you take a thought captive? We teach a three-step process. A negative thought comes in, you recognize it by anything contrary to the word of God, anything contrary to love. If it's fa- if it's not found in Jesus's life, then you probably don't want it in yours. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't see him riddled with, with hatred or anger, or irritation, frustration. You, you, you didn't see him do that. So if it's contrary to the word of God, I, w- I would suggest people get Corinthians 13 in the Amplified and read it. For five or six days, over and over again, listen to it on Dwell, listen to it on on your YouVersion Bible app, over and over and over again. And if you if it's opposite of Corinthians thirteen, which is the love that God describes, then you should. That's a negative thought. It's an unwanted thought. And so you recognize that. You just say, "I refuse that thought in Jesus' name." That's mm-hmm. not the way I think. Step one. Step two is you release the thought over to God. God, I release that situation. I release that person. I release this thought over to you. Lord, I, and you, you, you do a forgiveness exchange. God, I'm releasing forgiveness in the situation. I'm receiving forgiveness from you. It's a two-way street. And the third step is you just pray the opposite of the temptation or the opposite of the unwanted thought. So, so many people are just letting the devil get body shots on them all day long. So they're wondering why they're so stressed out at the end of the day. They need to unplug. They need to watch some mindless television. They need to eat, you know, eat some unhealthy food. It's because they've been letting the devil get these body shots on them all day long. It started with your kids, you know, not, not, you know, doing some, I got a two year old and a three month old. I mean, it's crazy in the morning. We're trying to get them ready for school and different things like that. Babysitters, all that stuff like that. So there's all these things that can come into your heart. So by the end of the day, if you hadn't been taking thoughts captive, like you, you that's why people are like, why am I so angry at the end of the day? It's because you let the devil get over on you and you let your self will get over on you in a negative way without taking thoughts captive. And then you release those things, the opposite of temptation, if it's, if it's a thought of irritation and frustration about your spouse, begin to bless their lives mm-hmm. under your, under your normal voice tone. This is between you and the Lord, but it's going to benefit them. I've seen that turn around marriages. I've seen that turn around children that have went, have went way far off to the left. I mean, I, I'm telling you taking thoughts captive and learning how to live a lifestyle of forgiveness will clear a filter for you to hear God more effectively. And you will actually begin to hear God's voice in the process. Cause the third step people say, I don't know what to pray. Just pray the opposite of what you're getting. Take out your spiritual AK and just buh, 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 buh. <laughs> dump back on the devil. Don't keep letting him get shots on you like that. You feel me? Just don't do it. Sometimes it's gotta be like that in this life. Angela, you gotta get spiritually aggressive. It says so in the word of God. Well, because the enemy is aggressive. So if we're going to yeah. be passive, I can imagine you out there on the NFL field, you're not passive. What position did you play? I played offensive tackle. Offensive tackle. So, yeah. So, I mean, you're playing aggressively. You're not laying oh, yes. back and waiting on what should be happening. The play is called. You're aggressively. So God calls the plays if you want to think about it that way. Now, I'm not an NFL expert, so I'm going to quickly, those of you that are listening that know me are laughing, I'm going to quickly get out of NFL analogies. You're not too far off, though. I mean, what does the Bible say? It says the kingdom of heaven has endured violence mm-hmm. and the violent Take it by force. 
with ardent zeal and intense exertion, a pressing in. So you got to press into this thing every day. I mean, every day you're built to connect. You're built to be hungry and thirsty for something. And if you're not hungry and thirsty for God, if you're not connecting with his spirit, you will look, you will look for, you will put your adoration and look for acceptance in other places. And believe me, I got like 30 t-shirts that I did that for years. I knew God had some fire insurance, going to heaven, living like hell. Mm. So I, I, and I'm talking about some ways it was sin, but some ways it was like churchy stuff that I was doing, but it was, was it better than the sin I was doing over here a little bit. But I mean, I tell you the churchy stuff I was doing, after I did it, I still had no peace. I still had no comfort because I didn't have a relationship with God. I was doing religious duty type things mm. compelled by wanting to get God to love me when the truth of the gospel is he already loves he already you. Loves you. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And I know we kind of took this deep dive and you gave us, I was texting some things to myself. You've already shared one thing we can do every day to hear from God. And that's to clear our unforgiveness out of our filter. So yes. good. So good. You've shared a three-step process to, to take these negative, unwanted thoughts captive and what to do with those. So good. I love the fact that you're very practical, Sterling, because sometimes we can be talking in spiritual terms, but we're not, we're not necessarily grabbing a hold of some practical applications. So I'm so grateful that you're sharing that. But I want to back up for a minute because you said earlier on, you didn't really grow up with this kind of distinct understanding of hearing the word of God. So you, you played for the NFL, you were hurt, you, you walked through even a season of having to forgive the NFL so for some pain you were carrying from that. Um, I'm not sure where, where your life kind of took a turn that you ended up as a federal prisoner. And then when did you come <laughs> to the Lord? So I'm just the timeline. I'm just kind of getting that crystallized because were you at what, at what point did you turn your heart over to the Lord? I guess it's what I'm asking. And then you kind of moved from a church relationship to this on fire relationship that you have now. Well, the thing about it is Angela, I had my first encounter with Jesus when I was 12 years old. Okay. I was in, I grew up in the church, went to Sunday school, went to Bible camp, went to church camp, all those different things. Right. And when I was 12 years old, a lot of my friends were giving their life to the Lord. And I just threw up this Hail Mary prayer for you, those of you in sports. It me, it's like the shot at the end of the game. It's like the ball at the end of the game. If you catch it, if you make it, you win. If you don't, you lose. Mm-hmm. I had zero context for the supernatural, zero context for God's voice, zero context for anything. All I was asking is, Jesus, if you want me to give my life to you, I want to know that you want a person, like a personal relationship with me. And here's this little 12-year-old kid throwing up this prayer. Angela, I woke up the next morning, which I now know is the tangible presence of the Lord was in the room. Mm. But back then I just knew I felt an overwhelming peace and a comfort. And there was this inner knowing that, okay, Sterling, this is, this is what God you're experiencing. This is Jesus answering the prayer that you prayed last night. And I know that was the Holy Spirit, but it came to me just as like an inner knowing, like an impression that God puts in my heart. And God still speaks to me a lot of times and everybody through these impressions on their heart. So the thing about it is, is again, I, then I started going into religion and not into relationship and religion leads to condemnation, shame, things like that. And so I began to get stimulus and began to get began to get acceptance in other places that seemed like they were easier than always trying to, cause I was, I grew up in a place that was like, God wants to zap you. 
you know, if you do anything, he's just looking for to, to, he's like a taskmaster. He's just looking to, he's looking to basically send you to hell for any little thing. And and it was a whole, all this scare and fear tactic. Look, fear will only do, let, let you do enough not to get fired. That's good. Jesus, Jesus doesn't want you just to have some fire insurance. He doesn't want you to be managed out of fear. The fear of the Lord is actually a compelling of love to do the things that you're compelled by love to do. I do a lot of things with my wife and for my wife because I'm compelled by the love that I have for her. Mm. When my grandmother was, when I was growing up, my grandma was this lady that I had a fear of the Lord for because I loved her so much that there was things in my life that I knew she wouldn't approve of that I didn't do because I knew, oh, my granny wouldn't like that. And there's also things that, oh, my granny would be proud of me. Even after she died, there was things that, oh, my grandma's up in heaven. I don't want her seeing that. I'm not going to do that. So that was the fear of the Lord practically of what I had with my grandmother. Well, now I have so much love for Jesus and he's first, I love Jesus more than my kids, more than my wife, more than anybody. And look, if you don't love Jesus more than everybody in your life, everything in your life, that thing that you're holding out for is an idol. And you could actually be a better, a better spouse, a better parent, a better coworker, a better student, whatever it is, uh, a better career person. If you would release that over and just love Jesus first, because then you would be walking your true identity as a son and daughter. And then God's blessing can be fully upon what you're doing. And I didn't realize that. So I just started playing football. I got all the stimulus, started in the party scene, drug scene, you know, the whole thing that you see on TV. It was my wife. My life was crazy. On one hand, I was doing all this church stuff. On the other hand, I was doing all this partying. And literally, my NFL career ends up ending early because of injury. We go 0-12 my senior season at SMU. I still make it to the NFL. Mm. Uh, I have a lot of kind of bitterness in my heart towards that because we were so terrible at SMU when I was there. And I didn't, I didn't, I had some, I had some animosity even towards the school for, for what all went on there and all this anger in my heart, because I was still under the religious thinking that everything that happens to you is God's will for your life. And that's a lie, Angela, you, you know, that there's, there's, there's three levels of activity. We cover this in the book because people don't, people don't know what they don't know. But if you understand that, that there's, there's your activity for positive or negative, there's other people's free will choice for positive or negative. There's the devil's activity that comes to still kill and destroy. And then there's, there's God's activity. Or, I'm sorry, there's four levels of activity. There's God's activity always calling you into a deep relationship with him. So when you under, experience circumstances, if you don't have the right filter, I heard from so many people, oh man, well, you know, God just had another plan for your life, Sterling. And all I heard is my religious thinking is God broke your foot and took your dream. So there was like two or three years there that I didn't want to even, you know, me and God were like on the outs, (laughs) even though though he was living inside of me and I had fire insurance and I was living anything but the Christian life. But I always knew there was more uh, Angela. And the thing about it is I had my rock bottom moment on top. I had the hundred thousand dollar car parked outside and VIP $10,000 watch my wrist in a club in downtown Dallas, God will encounter you anywhere. I'm just sitting there in a club and VIP dancing on the couch. You know, I'm sinning. <laughs> the people around me are sitting. Like there's no, there should be no Jesus or angels anywhere, but they were everywhere, right? Because we know that God, God is in the midst of the darkest situation. Mm. And so that's, that's a word for somebody right now. Uh, our, our, almost everyone who'd be listening is everybody's had dark, messy times in their lives. And I said, God, you know, there's got to be more. 
because I was looking around at my friends that had 50, $100 million, private jets, the whole nine, way more money than I was probably ever going to have. And they still had the same problem I had. They had, they had little to no peace and no real true fulfillment in their lives and in their hearts. I knew because they talked to me about it and we talked about it and they just had better mass and more expensive mass than other people did than I did. Mm, and good. so I said, God, there's gotta be more. And really two weeks later, Angela in the back of a, a back of a church that I went to, I, to, to make a, a long story short, I was rocking back and forth to the end of myself, asking God to cleanse me and help me. And I'm in the back of a church who doesn't believe in this, in their doctrine. I don't believe in this at the time. God doesn't care. My whole, my whole hand begins to tingle. My whole body starts tingling. I've never felt the presence of God this, this crazily in my life. I didn't know something like this happened. I didn't know what the word manifestation even meant. <laughs> All right. I probably never even heard it. Right. <laughs> then I just start crying out to God with every prayer that I know in the fire of God begins to come my hands. My whole body starts burning and burning and burning. And all I know about fire, Angela, my filter is you're going to hell. That's all I know about God and fire. So I'm just thinking right then it's going to be my ashes, ashes, Sterling's gone. Nike's all that's left, right? Boom. I'm gone. I did not know that there was a cleansing, refining fire of the Holy Spirit and that God that day baptized me in the Holy Ghost and fire from head to toe in a church that didn't believe in it to a man that didn't believe in it. And what do you walk with him? You tell me God ain't good. He will show up in the midst of your mess. <laughs> yes, he will. And I love it. I, I thought I could talk to you for hours because I love that you, you not only have had these profound encounters with God, it's obvious the fire of God, the glory of God is all over you, but you also, you also are grounded in, in the truth of who God is. And you're giving us such practical application to move from religion to relationship, to stop living bound by what, like you said, duty or false filters or just, okay, I've got enough fire insurance to get myself to heaven, but you're going to, you're going to be miserable in this life moving toward a life that's really on fire for God. That's hearing God, that's experiencing God and, and you, you did have it all. So someone out here is saying, I'm trying everything and nothing is giving me peace. And I, I, I'm not sleeping at night and I'm feeling anxious all the time. Sterling is giving us practical ways. Your book, How to Hear from God. I want to make sure people get a copy of it. Where can they find it, Sterling? How can they connect with you? And I know you have a coaching course coming up that will have already launched by the time this episode airs. So some of you need to get into this coaching course because we're just skimming the surface of what I know you're going to go into in depth. So tell us how they can re you know, reach you, get a hold of these resources and be a part of this uh, coaching class that you're doing. Yeah. So, so you can find the coaching class at sterlingharris.org. Just my name, sterlingharris.org. There's a whole, whole side story behind that. It's on our YouTube channel. So if you ever, ever want to know, well, how did it get Sterling Harris Ministries? I can't believe that guy named after himself. That wasn't my idea. It was Jesus's. <laughs> we can find you easily though. Yeah, sterlingharris.org. They can connect with us on, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, and so we just, we just want to encourage you that as far as the book, you can, you can, um, email us and we can get you a copy. If you don't like Amazon, there's some people that, that for whatever reason, don't want to order stuff on Amazon. You can order it from us. If you just email us at info at sterlingharris.org. Otherwise it's on, it's on Amazon. It's on audible. It's on Google play. We have an audio book. 
We have a workbook. Work, the workbook and activation guide is is really really awesome, especially for small groups. Yeah, because um, you you begin to build this. God community where you all begin to hear God's voice in different ways. You begin to ping pong on one another. And it just creates this great atmosphere and, and context that people can hear God relationally through what they're sharing. Because the workbook is all about you hearing from God and then sharing with others around you how, you, how you're hearing from God. So you can, then, all, you can get all those on Amazon. And men and women can benefit from this book, right? It's, it's oh, yeah. gender neutral. Anybody can benefit and learn and, and I love what you said earlier on, you had me walk through it and I could even feel the faith rising in me to say, I can hear from God. God wants to speak to us. The primary way he speaks is through his word. And then he confirms his word. But like you said, he speaks to us in these inner impulses. I've talked in other episodes on this podcast of ways I've heard from God. Yeah. So, you know, he's no respecter of persons. I, I interviewed Holly Christine Hayes a, a couple of months ago and she was trafficked. She was at the bottom of the bear, uh, bottom of the rock bottom of her life you know, sobbing on a bathroom floor, trying to get away from her trafficker in the darkest of places. And she didn't even know God. Like you were saying, you don't even know what the word manifestation (laughs) means. You're experiencing a manifestation. And all she knew to pray was God help me. And God helped her intervene in that moment. So God is just waiting to meet us at our place of need. He's not, he's not this hellfire and brimstone God saying that we, we, some of us have been raised with, He's a God of grace and mercy. Yes, he's a God of justice, but in his justice, he wants to see us free from any sin that's holding us back and see us liberated to be all that God has called us to be so that our life really can matter for the kingdom. So I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed, Sterling. I'd love to have you on in a future episode because I feel like we just, there's so many questions I want to ask you and we're out of time, but I am going to ask you one more thing before I ask you to pray for us. So when you get to heaven, I would love to know other than Jesus, who you are looking forward to meeting and what, if anything, you'd like to ask them. That's a really easy question for me. It would be the apostle Paul. Okay. Because I'm a word guy as, as you are, Angela, you're a word person, a word lady, I guess, in the, in the situation. <laughs> and, and so I, I love the word of God and God does speak so prolifically through his word. And if you don't know what he said, it's hard to know what he's saying. That's so that's, good. that's really, really, that's really, really important. At the same time, God's not going to tell you, God can't tell you through the word where to move. Like the word doesn't cover where you should move, when you should move, that's right. that's when you right. should do this, when you should, th- there, that's why, that's why Jesus said, if I, when I send the Holy Spirit, it's, it's actually better. If I send the Holy Spirit, you'll be better off yeah. if I leave and he comes. Hmm. So the, the word of God, and then letting the Holy spirit. I love what, I love what Smith, Smith Wigglesworth says, said, and he said that I always try to read the Bible under the influence of the Holy ghost. Absolutely. And so knowing, letting God give you an impression of what he's saying based on his word. And sometimes it can be one, two words that he highlights that can tell you a paragraph of things. Hmm. So there's so many times and I'm reading the book of Romans or, or, or Corinthians. And I'm like, what? 
I know what I think he means, and I know what the Holy Ghost is kind of telling me he means, but I just kind of want to hear from the Apostle Paul straight up. But Apostle Paul, what did you really mean yeah, exactly. when you wrote this? What were you thinking? What were you feeling? What was the Holy Spirit moving on you? What was the context of the time? I just want to sit at his feet and say, okay, I've got a couple of like questions about certain passages that have kind of Holy Spirit haunted me over the years of like, man, I wonder what he really, 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 really meant. I've done like so much research on it, but I really want to know. I've researched the Greek extensively, but I just really want to know what was in your mind, man. <laughs> I love it, Sterling. And I, I love your passion for, for God more than anything else. And that, that marked the life of Paul, his zeal for God, even though he was totally misguided in it. When he was Saul, he had that same passion and zeal yeah. when he lived as Paul. And God uses the way that he's wired us. He just wants, like you said, to to um, address the filter that we're listening to the voice of God through and he's spirit and truth. So if the word is Jesus Christ in his word, and then you have the spirit that is revealing his word to you, then you're, you're unstoppable in that situation. And so I love the fact that you are marrying and I, you know, personally, I'm married to a pastor. We pastor outside of Washington, DC. So I'm married to an on fire spirit filled masters of divinity, man who knows how to hide the word and he's filled with the spirit. So what I love about you, um, not only your passion for God, is that you are not shrinking back from saying, listen, yes, I'm a, I'm a Bible believer, but I'm also a believer and operating the power of the Holy spirit and not being afraid of the Holy spirit. You even reminded us that Jesus said at the very end of his disciples, it is actually better for you if I leave because the Holy Spirit's going to come. So what endorsement did he give to the Holy Spirit? Yeah. We don't have to be afraid of the Spirit moving in our life. We don't have to be afraid of the Spirit speaking in our life. And once he does speak, our response should be obedience to that. And if you're not sure, if you're out here and you're listening to me, you're like, I'm just not sure if I'm hearing from God, you know, watch that word that you think you're getting from the Lord through a seasoned believer, through your pastor, through someone who can help you to pray it through. Like you said, Sterling, walk through this workbook together in community so that we can encourage each other. Hey, yeah, you know what? And the more you hear from God and the more you act on hearing from God, the more you trust the voice of God in your life. I'm sure Sterling, you and I could speak for hours upon the many ways that God has spoken in our life. And, And yet no matter how he speaks, our response should always be obedience and surrender and then acting on whatever he tells us to do. So thank you for your time today. I really wish I had more time. I'm going to need to have you back for a part two, but guys go get this book. It's just going to be so great. I actually don't have a copy and I'm, when I get off this call with you, that is the first thing I'm going to do is how to hear God 10 ways God speaks. You will learn to experience God's voice with greater clarity, clarity and encounter God's activity in your everyday life. Go back and listen to those sections today of this podcast, guys, where he talked about some ways that we can take captive the thoughts that the enemy, that the body shots, as you worded it, that the enemy is always barraging us with. He is aggressive. And so we need to get aggressive back in our pursuit of God and our understanding of the word of God and our intuition in what the Holy Spirit is saying and our ability to not only hear, but to surrender and obey him. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time today. I pray blessing in favor of your life. And I would love for you to just pray over our listeners as we close our time today, Sterling. Yeah. Jesus, we just thank you so much that you're King, no matter what, 
that just Jesus is king. I just want you to declare over your life right now. Jesus is king over my life and over my situation. And Lord, I just thank you, Father, that the people that are listening to this podcast right now, they would begin to feel the fire of God that I'm feeling right now, even on, on me in the studio, that the fire of God would come and invade their home, invade their car, invade their space, God, that you would baptize them afresh in the Holy Ghost and fire, God, set them on fire so people can see the fire. Because when you're on fire, when you go through the fire of life, nothing changes, nothing changes, just like, just like the three Hebrew boys, when they went through the fire, they had the fourth man in the fire. I just thank you that you're coming into a fourth man season where God is going to be with you through the mess. He's going to turn your mess into a message and he's going to set you on fire, even in the midst of challenging situations in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. Season two is sponsored in part by Worley Dahlberg Yao PLLC. You can learn more about this award-winning law firm at lawfirmvirginia.com. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit angeladonadio.com for books, free goodies, and opportunities to feature your ministry or business as a sponsor. Find me on Facebook at Angela Donadio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donadio, where we do podcast giveaways each month. If you've been inspired to make life matter, Share a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's make life matter.